And, you know, I love that there's been progress made there. And you're a huge, huge champion of diversity just from the word go across the board. Everything you do, everything you put out, that's another part of your brand. It wasn't likely an intentional thing, but it just sprung out of your your doings. The thing you have to make a choice, right, if you're going to support it or not. And I think beyond thank you for pointing that out, but beyond memes and hashtags and and posts on social media i figured well that's not enough so like we have a shadow director on every set nine times out of ten it's a bipoc lgbtq female film it's not a white guy i actually Uh got some race some emails calling me a racist because on a recent a shoot, racist against old white guys. Yes. Yeah. White three, <laughs> three white guys emailed me saying you're a racist. Another two unsubscribe from my mailing list because I was excluding the privileged to help. No, I was excluding the represented. Oh, OK. To help the underrepresented. Right. I said, yes, yes, I am like guilty martians landed wearing prada suits drinking henry's seltzer chewing juicy fruit yes and your branding here yes brand your message here yes and a verse about yes your product here yes i'm hirsch redman yes i'm a message therapist yes and i have a podcast yes brand that's right, that's it. Yes. We'll help you fix the world. Yes. Or your bottom line. All right. Your bottom line. Get it. I get it. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Yes Brand Podcast. Okay, so I've done the master class. I've done the boot camp. Yeah. I do now want to do the retreat. Oh, you'd be great. Joshua Tree. Now, the only thing is I have no, I'm not a director. <laughs> I have no, I don't even have it designs matter, to become though. a director, but I feel like I... I just love the way you share your knowledge with people and the, and, and this is not, you know, news we've, ta- we've talked about this and, uh, you know, you have a very refreshing perspective on all of the knowledge and skill that you've accumulated over the years. So tell our Thank audience, you. cause we, I didn't even really welcome you yet to the show. We just started talking. So welcome to yes, brand. You Thank were you, here. Irish. You were here for the for the very original iteration of Yes Brand, which no one can find it. It's been squirreled away. I'm probably paywalling it so that when this is a world-renowned podcast, I can break out those episodes. But you were one of the first guests on. Oh, uh, I remember. On that. I think yeah. you did it in character. Probably I did. Probably I was either a German character or I was doing some kind of some kind of accent. But those were the years, Jordan, when I was hiding from my identity as a thought leader and business person. And I was, I thought, you know, I was always trying to be funny, but that's, you know, that is in the past. You're with uh, us now as a I, serious man. Yeah. Now I'm serious. Now I'm very serious about my business now. I woke so, up uh, at like five this morning, anticipating giddy, giddy about being on the show today. Thank and for you. some reason in my head, I, w- I was hearing, no, 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 yes, brand. <laughs> no, so no, you're no. writing jingles now. Now you're I'm writing right. jingles. Yeah. Well, the Jingle Hut is a new business I'm going to be starting at the end of the year. Right uh-huh. now, I'm, you know, I just launched my production company. True Gentleman. 
True Industries. Gentleman Industries Incorporated, which is incorporated in the state of California back in August of 2018. Huh? And I've been lying low, laying low, lying low. Yeah. Always tell the truth. That's a sign of a gentleman. That's right. But I went public. I had my coming out this this past month. Wow. You, well, I did see. Yeah, I saw some. I saw an, an interview with you. I've seen some press. We, sometimes I do press for you. Sometimes, though, we like to keep it interesting by you just kind of doing some story. Somebody calls you, wants to do a story on you. And, you know, and lo and behold, there you are in the press. And I and it, and it impresses even me because I have not behind it at all in any way. So I haven't. Well, you, you know. have been one of the pillars of press for Jordan Brady and Thank Commercial you. Directing Film School, which people can learn more at commercialdirectingfilmschool.com. And True Gent, I have stepped into, yes, stories and, you know, our friends at Shoot Magazine, for instance. Yes. I simply emailed that we were coming out. We're out. We're out for the public to hire us. And right. they did a nice story, Little Black Book, you know, which is an industry rag. Yeah. They heard about it. They want to do a little piece. So I step in good press. I've been blessed. I don't have any control over it. But you've been one of the pillars, especially with like the commercial directing boot camp and the diversity award winners. Sure. That come to the boot camp. And I come to you because you were my chat GTP before chat GTP. <laughs> and before it changed its name to Jet, Chat GPT. Whatever it Chat is, I get it wrong. PT4, PT4. I just, what I tell people is look, I, I, I went to a symposium and I heard a presentation from Chat GPT. And I think that AI is, I say this all the time, I think AI is a great starting point. And it, it, yeah, it, it has it, no wit. Yeah, that is, that's the thing. And I, and I and tried Chat G, uh, THC. Uh, very slow. <laughs> oh yeah. It depends which 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 one you take. Sure. You know, there's chat sativa. There's Wookie. Uh, yeah, there's purple dragon. There's yeah, that's what that's that's a, the real insiders know. You say, Yeah, I, I, are you using chat GPT? And they say, What strain of you know? But I will say this, I think that it just raises the bar and it means yeah. that you know, writers have to up their game like everybody else. And I think it's I think it's great. And, you know, bring it on. I said to the chat GPT people, I said, OK, I wrote a couple of taglines down for you while I was listening to your presentation. One was what was one when it doesn't really matter was one of my putting mediocre writers out of business. Good. Which I thought was cute, which yeah, I, it's cute. Which I That's thought was good. very cute. And then I can't remember what the third one was. They didn't take either either of the first two. So I, I kind of felt I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to get that account, but there was uh, a, we were walking down the street, my son, Jake and I, and he edits my filmmaking podcast, respect the processes, which is yeah. everywhere you pod. Yes. It's about commercial filmmaking. You've been a guest. I not and only then, was, am I, what was I a guest? You were the inspiration for me to become a podcaster. Wonderful. Yes. So I apologize. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Hold for laugh. The thing you, you um, said, the thing you told me, Jordan, was stick with it because it takes, you know, it's, it oh, takes yeah. a while. And it, and I, and I, not only did I stick with it, I did the, that initial run of Yes Brand episodes. I did about 35 episodes and then got, back into the sneaker marketing stuff and i got busy with that and then then we had this pandemic that was too good to turn down and yeah, uh, <laughs> gotta jump on that bandwagon <laughs> gotta jump on that 
but now I'm but now I'm back with the with these two podcasts and doing all this stuff that I never even knew podcasts could do. And I owe it to the experience of working with you, Jordan Brady. Oh, I'm happy to play a small part in your success. Thank you. Um, what I was going to tell you is I'm walking down the street with Jake Brady, who edits yes. Respect the Process. And I'm telling him about chat GTP. GPT or TP? It's it's PT. PT. Chat. Think of it as physical therapy for your vocabulary. Okay. So you'll remember that the, it's PT. PT. I'm telling him about the chat bots. And we're walking past a house that's being built. And there's a bunch of wonderful carpenters and laborers up there. Mm-hmm. And I said, because he, my son, Jake, is a writer. And I said, you have to use it as a tool. I said, see those guys up there? Look at, look at those like three guys in the corner. And they're all using power drills. They have to know where to drill. Mm-hmm. But what right. if there was one guy? Imagine one guy over to the left. And he's got the old time drill going, hand cranking, making a hole. Yeah. It's going to take him like. What, 10 minutes, what the other guys are doing in four seconds. Uh-huh. And if he doesn't know how to drill, having a power tool is not going to be good. That's right. Like it's it's yeah. not going to make the, you know, I think it was Steven Spielberg who said to me, uh, through the magic of print, I, I've mm-hmm. never met him. Right. You that, read it, uh, you absorbed it. You but were... he said it to me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the typewriter didn't put, screenwriters out of business, nor would the personal computer, the PC. Right. Doesn't mean just because the tool can help you write and look at the derivative. Well, the derivativeness of where we're at now with AI is my problem. Like I think all everybody's selfie that they made them look like a superhero with that cartoon style. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great. AI did it. Wow. I mean, in the eighties, I had a video filter that would make things look like an aha video. Like they're just, it's not interesting beyond the swipe. You, you, you know, what we used, you know, what we used to call them what, what my dad used to call them. When we were kids. Satskala. They, it's Satskala. What is Satskala? Satska is like is a, Yiddish. Yeah, it's Yiddish. It's a There's little Yiddish it's, AI. It's a, yeah, no, no. And it's not AI, but it's a little something. It's a little knickknack. It's like a little, mm. what do you call it? An oddity or a, uh, you know, gimmick, some little thing you play with. And gotcha. it's basically, yeah, it's a tzatzki. It's just a, it spins around, the pen Does pops it, up, and then the thing how goes How do you say off. the word? How do you say the word? Tzatzki. So you would could do it, a Could a tchotchke be a tzatzki? Tchotchke is the same thing, but they butcher the, uh, oh, the pronunciation of it. Gotcha. You know, but what am yeah, I going to do? It's a little tchotchke. What, yeah, what, what am I going to do? Fight, fight, fight about it now the way it's tchotchke, tzatzki, tzatzki. <laughs> They I have a problem with swag. With swag. Oh, that's another one. Swa- swag. Well, I always knew it as swag. Uh, like you might get a chotsky for a swag, but now people say swag. Oh, there's a swag bag, and I think of swag as in I've got swag in my swagger. In my walk. That's swagger. Like swagger. Yeah. That's swagger. Well, what you're do- what, what 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 you've done is subconsciously you've made an incredible segue into a topic that I wanted to discuss with you, yes, which brand. is your brand, which is your brand, my brand. Well, okay. No, seriously, the, the way that, and, and there, there was a segue there in my head, but it's not worth dissecting now. But the point is this over the length of time that I've known you many years, you are a filmmaker. 
you're a commercial filmmaker, you've made feature films, but filmmaking is clearly your DNA. That's who you are. You've been a comedian, you've been a writer, you've done all kinds of other things like a lot of us have, but you're a filmmaker. And I love the fact that your brand has evolved over years. And because as we talked about, I've had like a front row seat to a lot of it, but can you share with the audience? Because a lot of the audience is trying to figure out how to get their brand to the next level. How do they speak? What's their voice? How do they differentiate themselves from other people? And I would, I think your insights would be really appreciated given that this is something you've done over years and years at the same time, plying your trade. So you've built a brand while shooting for brands and doing all this stuff. Just, just if you could just share some, sure. some insight. And first of all, thank you for the kudos and the compliments. Second of all, I am not a lawyer, a CPA. I'm not an Indian chief. I'm not a rabbi, but I'll try. So take, listener, take what I say, cherry pick what works for you and discard what doesn't, because clearly God did not just place the cloth of knowledge upon my back. (laughs) First of all, if you go to any of my socials, It's father, filmmaker, founder. And putting father first helped me stay grounded and just keep the priorities in check. You know, I tell filmmakers a lot in these courses or consultations or just in chit-chatting around the pool table. When you walk up the sidewalk to your house, right, your apartment, wherever you're going, could be a camper when you're when you're done with the shoot or you're done with the prep and you've had this amazing day or a hard day or your breakthrough or creative like renaissance in your like you want to share it with the world know that as soon as you walk through the door your kids don't really care they had a thing happen at school they got an a on their when they drew a little dinosaur your spouse had something happen at his or her or their day. So as a father, I want to make that the priority. And I think that's, that's important has been important for me just to keep it real. The filmmaker definitely, I mean, my journey from comedian to game show host and writer, you know, features, I made four features, like three independents, one critical flop for Merrimax. And (laughs) So that's behind me. That's 20 years ago. But that experience definitely made me a better commercial director, a better collaborator, a better leader, right? And then founder is just kind of acknowledging that I do have an entrepreneurial zeal. And I think as a commercial director, well, any creative entrepreneur needs needs to like mind the business, mind the shop. There's right. there's shit that, that I do that like with with True Gent, that's short for True Gentleman Industries, my yes, production I company. like that. You know, I've got, I'm blessed in this slow period. If you're listening in the future, we're talking end of third quarter, uh, 2000. No, it's not now the second third quarter. quarter. It's the beginning of the second quarter. Okay, the first quarter. You may sucked. be at a different game than everybody yeah. else. That may be the problem. <laughs> So I'm very happy to have even the little jobs that I'm bidding and a big one coming up. 
but you know, as a as a filmmaker, I would love to sit back and say, just make it all happen. I'll show up with my shot list. But as a founder, you know, I have to interim finance the job until I get paid from a big corporation. So my point is with father, filmmaker, founder, what has worked best for me is to pick a lane, stay in it and niche down like super niche and compartmentalize. Compartmentalization for me has been, and I have ADHD. I don't remember. Do I have ADHD or ADD or chat GPD? (laughs) So the compartmentalization has really helped me like put on the filmmaker hat, always wearing the father hat, the founder hat. I've got within that mindset, I have two complementary businesses, True Gentleman Industries, which is a production company. And I de- delegation was, is, spoiler alert, that's the, the big thing to delegating. Right. But True Gent, when I'm wearing the True Gent hat, I don't even post like about the film school on Instagram. I don't want to cloud the message. You know, they're separate accounts. When I'm thinking about the film school, it's a certain amount of hours during the day that I put on the film school hat. Now, if you're not watching, this video and you're listening on iTunes or what's the Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not literally wearing hats. No, not with that hair. This is a a metaphor. Thank you, sir. So that the delegation and, and niche to me, niching down is very exciting. Yeah. You actually, Jordan, you know, in your book, commercial commercial directing, directing, you know, it's over 20 years of experience for $10 on Amazon. It is a great book. We neglected to even mention it because it's like so I would I probably do have it like with literally within reach here somewhere. But basically, you say you say in there and you've said to me, you know, if they want to put you in a box, let them put you in a box. Go get in that box because that's a niche. That's a specialization that you're going to occupy and no one else is going to is going to do that better or get you know picked for those jobs it's it's so obvious and yet people feel like they have to spread themselves out all over the place in order to sell to everyone be loved by everybody have everybody as a customer and that's somehow in volume going to make up their career and i think you know that's that has not been my experience that spreading yourself out over a bunch of different talents and skills is really the way to go. Well, you know, that's, I agree. Yes. Brand. When I talk to filmmakers, so people, commercial directing film school was really pandemic inspired because Mm -hmm. I've been doing this in-person boot camp. In L.A., I traveled with it for a while, but I just stay in L.A. People fly in, it sells out since 2015. So I'm doing this boot camp. And then the pandemic hits three years ago, and I have to kill the boot camp for the time being. We can't gather right. as people. And so I I fought the, uh, I was kicking and fighting to put it online. People have for, you know, five years have been saying, what, do you have anything online? Yeah. And there's shit I say in the boot camp that I would never want to put on the internet. Trade uh-huh. secrets, stories, things like that. Not negative or bad about any person or entity, just like yeah. some voodoo. 
So I, my son, Ben Brady, he shoots a lot of the master, the actual masterclass series with Neil deGrasse Tyson or, you know, who he's done a bunch of celebrities. And so he came Werner to my, Herzog. I think he might've done <laughs> Werner Herzog. I think Werner Herzog did a, did a, a masterclass. Yeah. When Timothy Treadwell thinks that he is helping the bears. So he came to my office. We, he lit it like a masterclass. And I, I did, I cherry picked elements of the boot camp, and then kind of broadened the focus as an, like an entry for someone or filmmaker, but it's a niche. It's commercial yeah. directing masterclass. It's not short film masterclass, how to make a feature masterclass, how to shoot brands with your iPhone masterclass. It's commercial directing masterclass. So I had commercial directing bootcamp, commercial directing film school. Da, 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 da. I ended up taking some business classes online, like just to bone up on my skill. Oh, I'm saying okay. bone up. That's a good one. Bone up. Bone it up. needs like a it needs like an Al Pacino boy. Bone, bone up. Bone it up. was time That's for good, Jordan to bone up. That's a good yeah. AP. So I combined the two under the umbrella commercial directing film school. So again, there's that that sort of delegation, but still niche. Yeah. So the story I was going to just quickly tell, which has turned into quite a boring and lengthy one, is when I talk to people that have taken the master class, it comes with a free consultation call if you wish yeah i'm talking to the filmmakers and they ask me about the boot camp but what i'm hearing in our conversation is how they've got this feature film that's burning a hole in their heart and they got to make this indie feature film they've been working on the script for three years and they're almost with financing and i say as a terrible business person you shouldn't come to boot camp it's called commercial directing. Yeah. It's not going to, it's actually going to, it's going to waste your time. It's going to cost you a lot of money. And I would rather see you put the uh, exorbitant tuition towards <laughs> craft services. Right. So, cause I'm, it, so that's the niche. And then with True Gent, I'll wrap it up here. With True Gent, my production company, we don't, I don't have any content in development. I'm not going to shoot a web series and I'm not, I don't have a script. I'm not doing a deck for a Netflix show. People on LinkedIn will hit me up. Like they put the whole synopsis in the right. message and say, if you want to read the script, you know, but, and I go, we just do commercials. We don't even yeah. edit. I'll bring in and I'll recommend. We don't package. We don't develop. We're not a collection of artists trying to, you know, for our love of storytelling, putting humanity in your brand message. No, we make commercials. You have the script. We make the commercials. We will we make bring the it script to life. for you. Yeah, we'll write yeah. the script for you, brand direct. But it's very focused. But there, but there, but therein is a solution to a problem that a lot of my clients have not in not in our industry even but you know now that I've branched out and I work with clients across a lot of different product categories let's say is how they stand out is by finding that thing that they do that no one else does so if they say we're in development on this here's features docs this that the other thing whatever it is 
it's just too much. Mm-hmm. It's just too much. And, you know, even successful brands have diluted themselves too much. And if this could be the year of the individual, I would love that. I think that, you know, we're we're obviously diversity, equity, and inclusion is very important. And, you know, I love that there's been progress made there. And you're a huge, huge champion of diversity just from the word go across the board. Everything you do, everything you put out, that's another part of your brand. It wasn't likely an intentional thing, but it just sprung out of your your doings. The thing well, you have to you make do. a choice, right? If you're going to support it or not. And I yeah. think beyond, thank you for pointing that out, but beyond sure. memes and hashtags and, and posts on social media, I figured, well, that's not enough. So like yeah. we have a shadow director on every set. Nine times out of 10, it's a BIPOC, LGBTQ, female film. It's not a white guy. I actually uh-huh. got some race, some emails calling me a racist because on a recent a shoot, racist against old white guys. Yes. Yeah. White three, <laughs> three white guys emailed me saying you're a racist. Another two unsubscribe from my mailing list because I was excluding the privileged to help. No, I was excluding the represented. Oh, okay. To help the underrepresented. Right. And I said, yes, yes, I am like guilty. And if that's, if, if in your view, that is being racist, that's okay. I'm cool with that. As I had said, my game, my rules. Now in back in November, I did this huge Toyota campaign and my friend and filmmaker and film school alum, Luke Cheney, as lily white and as hetero as you get, he shadowed me for four days based on the merit. I picked him. Yeah. And in, in Vegas a couple weeks ago for Ram Trucks, I had Geneva Fay, a queer female Latina, based on merit, but decidedly on my point, I was excluding white men. Because it's just my opinion, but at the end, it's father, filmmaker, founder, and the founder says, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but I I love it. You know, the, the life is made of choices. We have to make choices. This is why I say, so I was saying the year of the individual, because ultimately, while we're trying to be more inclusive and we're trying to give chances to people who don't have chances every day and trying to treat people fairly in them when what they get paid and what they get chosen to do. We're also, if we could just remember that everybody's different, everybody's unique. There isn't, you know, not every, you know, and maybe, maybe old white guys are all the same, but, but, but not, not really, you know, everybody, regardless of gender, regardless of, of how they identify is a unique individual. And that's what I would love, love brands to do this year also is when they think about their voice and how they want to present them. So that's all I do, by the way, there's no magic sauce to what I do. We, a, a CEO or a founder usually will call me up and they'll talk to me and I'll talk back to them. And I'll, and, and that's where yes. And comes from, they'll say something and I'll say something on top of it, but it'll just be very grounded in who their brand is and who they are. It's just not a lot of bullshit. It's not a lot of fluff and it's not a lot of dancing around in circles and trying to convince people of things. So, you know, I, I got it. I, I love it. And you make such a good point that like 
I'm even surprised that the gays like the LGBTQ. And yeah. I love the gays. I try to be funny by saying that. I hope I'm not pissing <laughs> anybody off. But because it's not a monolith. Yeah. Right? They, yeah, that's right. They have, like, they're astonishingly gay Republicans. I don't know how that works, but okay, fine. You know, the white guys that complain almost like your chatbot work, I think they just have to step up. I have to step up my game. Yeah. As a company owner, I get calls from my represent sales reps that say, hey, you know, can you recommend a person of color? They're, the agency is only or they want to bid directors to direct a project of theirs. They want a person of color. Now, I could cry and go, well, what about me? I, my work is perfect for that. The numbers belie the efforts towards inclusion. Uh -huh. There's some, like, see, look yeah. on in, any Instagram post about diversity, and you'll see it's still 78% are white men directing commercials or whatever, whatever it is. I'm making that yeah. number up. But my job is to A, be better and B, help those. And so my answer is yes. And I recommended, I recommended Geneva, who I met through my school. And that's where it, it all blurs. I met her through the film school and I'm going to present her through true gentlemen to do a job. See, Hirsch, I'm secretly making money off these filmmakers. <laughs> if I can get them a job and I produce it, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to make the point that. Like a farm you, system. You kind of, I know, but. Yeah. Well, you, I don't sense that you mastermind, so to speak, this stuff. No, you not know, at all. You know, and, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to adopt in my own business modeling is that there isn't a, you know, it's not a chop shop. It's not an assembly line. It's not a, you know, just plug it in and turn it on thing. But at the same time, there are things that work for other people that you write a book. A lot of people can read it and learn different things from it. You create a course. A lot of people can take the course and every person who takes the course gets something different out of it. Those are products that just have to be, you know, you just make them available to people. But the way, that, make... you know, go the ahead. way we go about it. Yeah, don't interrupt me on my <laughs> show. Don't, don't you dare. Don't you come in here, Jordan, and interrupt me on my own show. Well, anyway, that was just fun. Oh, sorry, I disrupted um, you. Yeah, you just you just you just interrupted me. But anyway, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But to you, just you do were, it. No, hey, um, do you mind? Yo, you're back. Okay. Yeah. You're back on the mind? train. Go for it. No, I don't mind. No. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I don't remember what it, I remember what it was. You go. You go ahead. No. Well, if first had, of all, I'm going to make a coupon at commercialdirectingfilmschool.com if you sign up for any of the online courses and use the coupon code YesBrand. No comma, Ooh. just yes brand. You're going to take a hundred dollars off of any online course. That's pretty, wow. pretty generous right there. That's very, you, know, you were saying that, that you don't mastermind, but you cherry pick the things that work and you have to evolve, you know, yes. adapt or die is in my book, commercial directing voodoo. I also read the audible on version of commercial directing voodoo, not as good as the paperback book. Many people say because of the isms and the, you know, it's one thought per page, 
in commercial directing voodoo. A lot of people say Rick Rubin sort of, you know, used it as a launching pad for his popular book. It could be, you know, and I don't have like a long history with Rick Rubin because for many, many years I was doing footwear marketing and see, because he never wears yeah. shoes. There was just no way for us to. No common paths, ground, no cartilage. paths to cross. Yeah, there was no cartilage. There was no cartilage. I did see him in a Starbucks once. I was just very intimidated. I just didn't, couldn't even introduce myself. But that's that's a that's a side side story. I think the reason your audio book may not be as popular as the printed version is because the pictures are not necessarily in the audio book and your sure, artwork, the illustrations, the yes. illustrations that you created, which I understand took thirty or forty years of just putting the how do you mount a stick figure's arms on its body in such a way that you really get the sense of what that's going to look like when it's brought to the screen. A lot of people say they've finished reading from front cover to back the entire book, Commercial Directing Voodoo, on the toilet in one sitting. Or it's a book you keep on the back of the toilet next to a Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck joke book. And you pick one up, you read a few pages and put it down. Yeah. But wait, there's one thing I wanted to point out. Putting yourself in a box or allowing someone, you said it better, allowing the marketplace to put you in a box can give you focus, but it can be product agnostic. And when you can have your DNA in your work across multiple styles, across multiple disciplines, not disciplines if we're talking about focusing, but... Like you can do a car commercial and a Tide commercial and a candy bar commercial. And my goal is to have the Jordan Brady DNA in all of those. And that would be my voice. My box, my box is like comedy with cars and often a celebrity. Like I do a lot of people next Catherine Hahn next to a Chrysler being funny. The car's usually not even driving. That's someone else's box. You know, it's a <laughs> yeah. German director that does running footage or something like that. And then that branches out. But there's a wonderful creative director, Jeff Abbott, who I did a lot of Kellogg's work with back 20 years when I first started. And we're doing these little bug snack things. And that turned into another little fruit snack. And then there's always a mutation in your career. You have to almost pray for these and accept, you know, people, spiritual people talk about accepting gifts. I like to accept the mutation. What do I mean by that? I'm working with Jeff and all of a sudden, because we had a good working relationship, we do this Finding Nemo cereal commercial with an animatronic amp anthropomorphized shark teenage shark and a teenage mom shark or teenage shark boy mom shark both in kitchen and it was early 2000s so it's a little hall of presidency mm-hmm. right it wasn't the best but we put some cg lips and eyeballs on him and you know a fake fin he's eating this finding nemo cereal and it turned out great right Yeah. I'm going to say 10 or 12 years later, I get a call. 
hey, Jordan, I'm doing a bear and a bull stock trader. I want to use people in suits and they're going to walk through their day trading office, Bill and Marty. And I thought, well, there's one guy, he's the expert on anthropomorphized. Am I saying that right? Yeah. You know what I mean? The yeah. characters with people wearing these suits. And he thought Jordan Brady, my friend, Jeff Abbott put me in that box. Mm-hmm. Now only every couple of years, you know, but who am I to say, well, you know, I really do comedy in cars now. You say, yeah, yes, that's brand. The thing. It's, yeah, <laughs> but the car, didn't, the car didn't figure into the tax thing. By the way, you had to bring that up. You had to bring up that project that I auditioned for. I auditioned for one of the heads and I didn't, yes! didn't make it. I didn't make the cut. But, well, they went a know, different way. They went they, a different way. Indeed, they did. You know, how dare they, but. They, um, and then that mutation led to some other character work and some CG stuff like CGI was, there were just token pieces of CGI in those puppetries. And also I'd done like these ego waffle spots. So you're to your point, it's not like I masterminded any of this shit. I'm just holding the tiger by the balls. Yeah. How's that expression go? I don't know. I'm not, I'm neither an expert in tigers or ball holding. And you also did you do a Shark Week thing? But that had shark, that had nothing with, to do with it. With though. Rory Scovel. Oh my god, what a funny that, comedian. Yeah. But that and the, oh, that brings up another thing. Comedians. Okay. So not only do you work with a lot of great comedians, commercial comedians like Pat Finn, and you have oh, wonderful, wonderful comedic actors that are that are specialized in commercials or do a lot of commercials. But you seem to know everybody in the comedy world, I guess, through the docs, through the I Am Road comic, I Am Comic docs. But I mean, you had on your podcast, Judd Apatow, uh, you know, how do you get to know all these people and have these luminaries on your speed dial, so to speak, or, you know. What was the history? What's the history there? How does that happen? Well, viewers of this podcast will see the brick wall behind Hirsch right now. Yeah. With the iconic Yes Brand logo. And those of us that were in stand-up comedy back in the 80s, 90s, are triggered into (laughs) bad memories of fried food and hecklers. Right. And club owners wanting to pay us partly in cash and the rest in cocaine. So my history goes back to doing stand-up. I was a stand-up comic touring nightclubs in the early 80s into the 90s after I'd moved to LA in the 80s. I still would go on the road. And I learned to direct on the road with a camera and editing between two tape decks and, you know, a story many, many have gone through. Yeah. And I think comedians make good directors because we you know like you you write and direct your own stand-up true so using casting stand-ups and using them in commercials is a wonderful cheat code Mm. so i knew so like i knew judd from days hanging out at the improv in 1988 or do you know that and kept in touch and then i made i am comic and came out in 2010 where I met a new generation of comics as I tapped into my peers and even a generation before me. And then 
I was like, hey, this is kind of old. We're going to need some young people. So I met a new generation of younger, like Nikki Glazer, oh, who's yeah. since blown up. And then Rory, I met through a commercial where we just basically offered him to be in it. I had never met him. And then yeah. that kind of like the, the long-winded shark story, it's a mutation that like once you have you have Rory Scovel on your reel and you have, I forget who else I had, I had the movie with all these comedians in it. And then they started blowing up like Louis CK, Louis CK in 2010, we must've interviewed him in 2009. He was on the precipice of being King of comedy, right? That run that he had. Right. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I mean, he was best known as the president of the Louis CK fan club. (laughs) (laughs) well i mean not my cup of tea but clearly a master craftsman at what he does he has his voice right can't deny it and grateful he was in the dock so people would see clips of that nikki glazer and her blowing up and a bunch of other comics in that movie and that was an entree into tj miller and pete holmes nick kroll Right. People that then be, were in and Maria Bamford. And then just like people said, oh, I loved your first doc. So I did another one. Yeah. And then I would say, hey, well, let's do something. And Maria Bamford's manager I'd known from the 80s. And I said, hey, you're a director, you're a producer. Make this special with us. So we made yeah, her, I love, I her love special that. inside of her house for her parents. That How great is that? Who? How many stand-up specials of a known of a name stand-up are done in their home with a with their parents watching? And for her particular brand of genius, that's just perfect. Like that wouldn't work for for just any comic, but for her, oh. it does, and it still has the scope of a you know of a theater show. Well, that was the shtick. The genius of that special which is called the special, special, special. Yeah. Is 99.9% Maria Bamford. She had the idea. She didn't want to spend all the money and never recoup. She wanted her parents in the audience. And she sent me her material in like six, seven minute, six or seven chunks, minute chunks, just doing it to camera on a webcam. And it was initially going to be on this website called chill.com, which went out of business. And then we right. sold it to Netflix. We, like I had anything to do with it. <laughs> so my two additions, my 2% was, one, if you're playing to someone watching on a computer, they may not sit through an hour without a laugh track. Because your hour of material is really only 52 minutes. Right, right. Right. They're like, you got two people laughing. Yeah. So my suggestions were, and she loved them. Let's have the crew laugh, like acknowledge that there's a crew. Let's add interstitial bits where after you do the chunks, as you, she thought we would just stitch the chunks together in one performance. And I said, well, what if you do the material as you know it and you send it to me and then you're baking cookies and the timer goes off. So you go get the cookies and hand them out. Yeah. Then later you got to give your dogs their medicine or let them out back. 
Then a pizza guy is going to come because we ordered pizza before the show. That'll be a nice surprise. So a kid knocks on the door with some pizza and the crew has pizza. Like I needed to, I needed the special to eat up some time right. to fill out the hour. If she was in a club, that would have been an hour 10 because of all the laughs. <laughs> yeah. So that was the, the, and then adding my friend Wayne Fetterman, who I've known since the 80s doing stand up, adding him as a keyboard player and putting her sign her name and lights, but like Christmas lights on an old refrigerator cardboard box, like make it as grand as possible. Have a small crane in the living room that sweeps around like those cookie cutter specials. So, so the genius is hers. And I just added the herbs and spices. <laughs> well, well, well said it's that's modest, but I'll allow it. I'll, I'll I didn't, I didn't direct it, her performance in no. any, any manner. I don't know any. I watch a lot of comedy specials on you yeah. know on the the streamers, and I don't know what. Yes, it's directed, but the performer is the director of the material. Yeah, I mean, normally in the big shows, it's like being a TV director. They're like yeah. camera one, camera two. Let's go to you know. I don't know what really, other than a usually a one minute you know, story that they tell the beginning in black and white right. about them, you know, having a fight with their sister or something. And then, then they go, hey, ladies and gentlemen, because if, you know, a lot of this also is people are playing to stadiums now. And, yes. and I was going to ask you, you know, during COVID and I was among them, you know, people who perform stand-up comedy are trying to figure out what the hell to do. Cause we can't get, we, you know, for a while people were doing the outdoor stand-up sets to cars honking and that just i think that just had mixed results i mean it oh, was, should was be crazy for doing it but i mean you know do you think that changed the game of entertainment at all the fact that we were you know i mean maybe that's why i'm sitting here doing this i don't know but what do you think do i think the, the pandemic changed comedy yeah not in the not a la any lasting effect Okay, next question. Yeah, I don't know. It really didn't. <laughs> Erica Rhodes is a, a young comedian. She did a great special with the cars honking, the drive-in theater. Mm -hmm. And like, I think in Nate's, the a helicopter went overhead during the thing because it was outside and people honking. And I look at those as a, a time stamp, a yeah. time machine. Like, oh, like I'll watch that in five years. I'll be like, oh, that's during the pandemic. Like it's yeah. forever. Mar but all comedy specials, like Polaroids of our haircuts and bell-bottom jeans yeah. are little moments in time. Watch, you know, Eddie Murphy Raw Ooh, or Delirious. Oma and for I, the gays would not be happy. <laughs> no, but when I see clips of that, I picture myself in my best friend's living room watching those shows on VHS or whatever. And like, that's so indelible in my mind. Opening oh, I remember. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no I, rem I remember just oh, sitting around with my... my <laughs> Right, sitting around with my aunts and uncles listening to old Red Fox albums in the hood. Yeah. Wait, that wasn't me. <laughs> Actually, Red Fox. Red Fox, the, the one joke that I remember of Red Fox was he says, uh, two hookers is two hookers are talking, and one one says to the other, Hey, you smoke after sex, and the other hooker turns around and says, I don't know, I ain't never looked. You know the 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 Red Fox Vegas story? Possibly no. 
<laughs> it was like a cold and rainy night and Red Fox was at Caesar's Palace and the theater lights go down and the announcer from backstage goes, ladies and gentlemen, Caesar's Palace is proud to welcome the comedy stylings. You know him from Sanford and Son and his many records. Please welcome Red Fox. And the band plays the theme from uh, Sanford and Son as he walks out slowly. And it's he walks slowly with a limp at this point, so they have to play the whole song. And he gets out. That song written by Quincy Jones, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay. So he gets to the top and he goes, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And he hold, he doesn't hear much, and he holds his hand up to block the light, and he looks out, and there's four people at one table. And he goes, four people? Red Fox don't play for no fucking four people. And he walks off, and the band strikes up. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Red Fox. And that story, I mean, I must have heard it 20 years ago. Yeah, and I remember telling my kids because there was some Red Fox thing we were watching. And then on The Simpsons, I think Lisa comes out and she says one thing and walks off stage and they play. Bum, bum, and they bum, play bum, the Sanford. Oh, and so man. that's what I love about The Simpsons. Like when you those little gems that I must only get, you know, five percent of them. But it's just I love that story. And I love when anybody references it. And I don't have an ending. Yeah, no, you don't need an ending yeah. because because I've got a segue for you. Essentially, you know, we're reminiscing about we yeah. fall into these reminiscences and I'll cut out about an hour and a half of them, but I'll keep some of them in. But we fall into them. And what it makes me think of is legacy, because you start yes. to think, you know, well, the stuff that I'm doing here, and it's not all entertainment, and everybody doesn't, certainly everybody creates a legacy. I have, my argument is that everybody is a legacy brand. Everybody, the yeah. stuff they do, the stuff you put out there, it's all good, whether you like it or not, it's all going to be put into some kind of canon of some kind. Because it challenge legacy brand. Exist. Huh? I'm a challenger legacy. You're brand. a challenger legacy brand. Yeah, me too. I'm a challenger legacy. Legacy is very important, and I think it, I think it's innate in every human that we want to leave some sort of indelible mark on our family, our life. Like th that's part of the, it's ego, it's yeah. id, it's it's id, it's everything, and that's yeah. okay. I think that feel. Look, I wanted to put out a book, just so when I die, there's a bunch of books laying around in the garage. Oh, that's I didn't cute. have to deal with it. That's cute. You know, but there'll be more people that have it. I'm doing my first, I'm writing my first book now. It's What's like that been, called? It's called uh, Selling the Truth. Selling the Truth. And it's- You uh, can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. Selling the Truth, Musings of a So-Called Thought Leader. And, musings um, of it. wait. Selling the Truth. Selling the Truth. Musings. The subhead is music, Musings of a So-Called Thought Leader. Because I like oh, the I idea that. that people call themselves- you know, leaders. And we're all, that's my whole thing. We're all thought leaders. We're yeah. all creating legacies. It's a question of, of intentionally doing it 
and doing it in such a way that we feel good about what we're leaving behind. And that's what maybe the pandemic triggered something in me. Not that I wasn't always trying to do something, but where I felt like, okay, I want to enjoy what I'm doing while I'm doing it and hope that it leaves the right message behind. That's really it. There's not really anything more complicated or grandiose than that. That's it. You know, that's a great place to be in life. Well, it's, you know, you put yourself there. That's all. And that's where you are. I don't know that. I don't ask for permission very often. Yeah. Uh, And I think to sum it up here, gratitude came later in life for me. I think I was kind of a dick when I was younger because I was cocky. I didn't understand being the beneficiary of privilege, even though I'm from a, like a, a poor town in Ohio. Like I'm not, I didn't have any Hollywood connections. I didn't have any, I didn't come from money or anything. So I thought I earned everything. I still do, but I realized people have given me the benefit of the doubt by my appearance. Right. That's why I like helping those that are less represented. Commercial directing film school. And yes, I own commercial directing film school.com. That is the website in case anyone's wondering. The slogan is learn to direct commercials for a living from a filmmaker directing commercials for a living. So it's a little long. It doesn't really fit on a coffee mug, but I do have it tattooed on my lower back. And let's see. (laughs) Mike, I did one zoom comedy show and I held up pictures. Like I drew you. Oh, there you go. Oh, nice. That looks just like me. We'll have to. So the timing of the putting the pictures, right? So the reason I chose that slogan is, is the whole film school for now is predicated on me working. Yeah. So I have to, to go back to the top of the show, I have to delegate, like if I don't get some jobs or someday I'll retire, right? probably not. I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to have to change the slogan if I retire. Yeah. Learn to make, learn to direct commercials for a living from a, filmmaker who directed who a directed, bunch of commercials before who directed he, commercials for a living yeah before he retired to the sound uh, yeah Asheville North Carolina's artist community or wherever you know wherever it is, is. that where you want to retire to no but so. someone was talking about it the other day and I had a friend move there and it was just top of mind but the legacy of the film school definitely is is driving me to make it successful and I think it's I think it's doing good work. And when people post, Hey, I was on your, I was on set and I had you in my brain saying, do this. Yeah. Or someone posts a picture of the book or will text me, Hey, I was on set and this happened. And at boot camp, you told, thank God you, I had you in the back pocket. Right. That legacy really does make me feel good. Well, it should. And in honor of your legacy, I did, when I saw you did a picture of me, I sketched a little picture of you. Wow, that's pretty good. That's my little Jordan Brady. I wish I was more square-jawed like that. Well, yeah, well, now you are. Dolph Lundgren. Here you are. This is your legacy. Let's hold them both up. This is your legacy. There we go. Very nice. Well, I'm not going to say anything about what you make me look like. Well, there's uh, headphones. 
No, I get it. Yeah, he has headphones. He's crazy. He's crazy. I'll tell you what he is. He's a nut. Oh, my God. Well, listen, this has been a, a wonderful, wonderful time for me. Oh, thank you for having we me. We don't talk to each other enough. We're, oh, I always feel like you're close by and we're in contact. But it's great. It's great to, to do this with you. And I appreciate your coming on the show. It gives Yes Brand a stamp of, of credibility and authenticity that I think is really valued. And I appreciate it. I appreciate well, your coming on. I appreciate you asking me. And I have, uh, I think we're up to like episode 473 of Respect the Process, wow. which yeah. has led me to being on other podcasts. And th if there's a practical tip, I would tell any of your listeners, uh, go on podcasts. Yeah. Like getting the word out. And listeners, if you're interested in commercial directing, yes, brand, $100 off. Very $100 nice. Off. And I've been a guest on many, many podcasts, and, and I can say from the bottom of my heart that this one today is the most recent. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, because I know that you were about to do another one around, I don't know, about a half hour before mine. No, I gave them the boot. you did not do it. You're, you're well, doing it probably next, I guess. Well, th and thank you for sending over the deli platter before our recording. Uh, that's... That's top shelf service right there. I oh, didn't know if pleasure. every guest got that, but that you sent it over with the cheeses and you knew I yeah. like soft cheeses and thank you. Also, if I didn't do something with it, it would have turned. So, um, you know, my wife likes to entertain and there's always too much, always the orders too much. And we just sent over what we had. I hope that you smelled it before you ate any of that, any of that That's roast beef. Yet another motto, smell it before you eat it. Smell it before you eat it. Smell it before you eat it. Oh, <laughs> second day deli or no, eight day, <clears throat> eighth day delis. You know, you just can't beat it, but smell it before you eat it. I love that. That's a good <laughs> slogan. I would love eight day deli. It's like there's, eight a, day deli. there's a strip club down the street from my Hold house. Hold on, let me get a pen. Yeah. Yeah. A strip club. It used to be a comedy club that I performed at quite a bit. It was one of the... Hotspots on the west side of Los Angeles. It was called Igby's Comedy oh, wow. Cabaret. It was a great yeah. club. They even filmed a show there for Fo like Fox Sunday Night Funnies or yeah. something. Now it's a strip club called Plan B. Mm -hmm. I think it's just such a great name. And when my boys were teenagers, we were in the car. They go, Plan B, Dad. What is that about? I said, Well, I think Plan A was to meet girls that like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. To meet girls that to meet the plan A was to be more impressive than you ended up being. Yeah. You know, and let's just say on that night, on another night, you know, maybe you were impressive. Maybe you were. And maybe plan A was all you needed. That's, uh, you know, I think if we aim for plan A, if we look at life as always our plan A every day is a new plan a i didn't mean for that to rhyme i certainly that no, no that's good that no that's in your that's in your DNA. like that well now i'm just going to put up hmm. a bunch of i'm going to put up a bunch of inspirational mantras all over my wall and uh, you know be a guru be a bonus guru, bonus tip guru for your, your listeners yes know when to cut bait i just thought of that because you helped me with the diversity awards and press about the hot sauce. 
and the hot sauce. So- I had a hot sauce, oh so delicious hot sauce. Oh so delicious. You, yeah. You were a fan. You helped me with that, and I thank you. But in the fall, I realized I'm going to launch this company at the beginning of 2023, TrueGent. You can see our work at TrueGent.tv, and the my kids had started this hot sauce with me and we would ship it every friday at the end of the day right. which was the work day was over the east coast was closed jake and ben would shoot commercials and jake would come over and wear a bear suit and we would film put little posts up and we gave all the money to charity by the way i didn't make a dime my wife would always be like are we losing money on the hot sauce so <laughs> we gave the money to national military families a wonderful charity for for veterans and active duty families so i still will it's easier now just to give them donations yeah because my kids grew out of it one's getting married one went back to college and so i'm left resentful wrapping up bubble wrapping hot sauce and i said no it's got to be done and that was just as defining it was hard because I loved it and I didn't want to think it was a failure, but I realized, no, it's, it's been four years. It's time has come. Yeah. It doesn't run itself. And it was a chapter. It was a chapter. So I think for your listeners and you know, you have had different ventures and you know, which ones stick and which ones don't, that's part of the fun of entrepreneurship. But the other thing I've been thinking just in this conversation, nothing I'm doing really i'm not built to scale and mm. i think a lot of your yes brand listeners they want to scale and go big yeah. and that's fine but when you talk about like what have we learned from the pandemic i'm happy servicing clients and giving them every bit of my attention and that's not to say i'm not prepping one job while shooting another i'd love for that to continue yeah. right but I think it's okay to just be great and appreciate the job at hand versus trying to scale into some big production company. Even the film school, like it's, I've licensed my products to another, to Filmmakers Academy and to a couple other schools, colleges, but that's not my, that's not my MO. Yeah. Like I'm happy being a boutique. I don't know what the lesson there is, but something you were saying wrapping up made me think of that. No, I like that because the scaling thing is always comes up. You know, I'm a writer, I'm a creative, I'm an idea person. It's I'm a problem solver. It's like, how do you scale that? I did realize that sharing what we know, which is something that you've, well, that's how we started the conversation. It's a wonderful way to wrap this up Mm -hmm. is that, you know, we started by talking about your generosity in sharing knowledge and information. That's how you scale. Basically, the idea that only I can do this is never what you what you thought. You thought, oh wow, wouldn't it? What, shouldn't I share some information that I learned so that other people don't have to learn every single thing the way I did? You know, and that's what I've learned. So the stuff that I'm doing has value, not because I'm gonna teach other people specifically what to do or hire 50 people underneath me to be writers. You know, it's that whatever I've learned, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to share and perpetuate the spirit, I think, of what my, what worked for me. That's really it. 
and it, it takes a little bit of faith and a little bit of voodoo and woo-woo yes to sort of count on goodness will come back to you yeah regardless of your faith have faith that good things will happen yeah yeah i love it i love it i probably will stop recording there because yeah, I, yeah, otherwise yeah. we i'll have pl- i'll have plenty too much to do hers this has been a blast thank you sir if you liked the show, yes, and it worked for you, yes, then. subscribe and leave a yes, five-star review, yes, friend. tell all your friends, yes, friend. get your branding here, yes, friend. get your branding here, yes, friend. did I make it clear, yes, friend. get your branding on, yes, before they're gone, yes.